0: Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Steven Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.
1: Vegas
2: Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up.
0: Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill.
2: Hey, welcome to Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos STN Sports and presented by Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you some of our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders. So here we go. Adam, uh, we have not had a podcast since the hiring of Josh McDaniels as head coach and Dave Ziegler as GM. We were both at the press conference, had a nice time there, put out the media spread once and for all with the food and the, uh, the free food for the media. Uh, enjoyed that. Um, but I want to go over a few things about the hirings. First of all, I'm going to get your thoughts on both guys, but let me say a few things. I thought, you know, the whole idea about winning the press conference is one thing, and I did think Josh McDaniels in a way did so because I wanted to hear, and I think you did as well, what he said about his time in Denver 12 years ago, which was pretty much a disaster where he lost the locker room, his ego ran amok, um, he was young, kind of brash. And I thought in the press conference with the Raiders, he did a good job of, even before being asked about it, really kind of giving the mea culpa and, and and saying that he knew he had messed up, he had learned, he had matured, that maybe he knew he had to say that. But I thought he did a good job, kind of a self-effacing you know, remarks there and saying he's going to be different. With Dave Ziegler, on the other hand, one thing that really stood out to me, and I was glad, and I'll get your thoughts on this, that when he said, I think we were all wondering, hey, if in fact there comes a final decision... Uh, And you guys disagree, whether it be draft pick free agent, who has the power. And I was happy to hear Dave Ziegler said he has the power. I think it should go to the GM. I think the coach like Josh McDaniels uh, should just coach and he's going to have input, obviously, because they're really, really good friends and it is his team. But in the construction of the roster, I really believe Dave Ziegler should take the lead on that. So I want to uh, leave it over to you now and get your thoughts on both of these guys as they come in to lead the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I would agree with a lot of what you said. I think the, you know, the thing you start with and you kind of mentioned winning the press conference, I, I think they did. Uh, but I think it's important. to note: like you can't you're not going to win a game. You're not going to win your tenure at a press conference, but you can lose it. Like you, you can, you can start things off in a really ugly direction and, and put yourself really behind the eight ball at a press conference like that. They didn't, they said all the right things. They did all the right things. There was no real blunders. I mean, yes, Mark Davis, you know, for forgetting where they went to college and calling him McDaniel instead of McDaniels. Like those are silly things, but that, that's not, that's not going to lose you the press conference. And it's not the guys that you're there to see. You're there to see, you know, McDaniels and uh, Ziegler. And, and I think in this case, they both said a lot of the right things. I think you're right. I think McDaniels pointing out, out, not only that he didn't do well in Denver, he, he used the word failure. He said, I was a failure at what I wanted to do. And uh, I, I want to get better from that and learn from that. And he said, you know, the right things about that. He said he learned his lesson. He said he wanted to wait for the right opportunity, the right fit to go back and try it again, because he knows what went wrong and why it went wrong in a lot of ways. And he feels this is a perfect opportunity to make things right again within his career as a head coach. Um, and I think Ziegler on the other side uh, was looking for this kind of opportunity where he could work with McDaniels and he he saw this as the great chance uh, to build what they want to build together. They've had this plan and this vision for a long time. So they said all the right things. They did all the right things. Um, you know, we got to talk with them a little bit individually uh, away from the press conference, and I thought uh, they were pretty impressive in that regard. Now, what, you know, again, what are they going to do? Scream and yell at us and say, "Hey, go screw!" We don't want to talk. Like they're going to be nice. They're going to be cordial. Uh, they're going to say the right things. It's the first time you're meeting. But again, things can go very wrong in those instances and they didn't. So it's just a good start. It's a good solid start, a foundation which to build on. And again, none of those things is going to win the Raiders a game and that's all the fans care about. But, you know, you really could have gone sideways on that and they didn't. So I think that's a good start for sure out of them.
2: Overall, what do you think about McDaniels and kind of his offensive background? That's what everyone's talking about. The quarterbacks he's dealt with, the quarterbacks he's kind of tutored. He was with Brady a long, long time. He comes with six Super Bowl rings. Not a lot of people can say that, obviously. Very few uh, have had that many rings in their career. Um, But, you know, I want to specifically talk about Derek Carr because, you know, at first – I thought McDaniels was really positive about Derek Carr and what he thought of them and working with them. And then um, Vinny Bonsignori, our our colleague at the uh, review journal asked kind of specifically to Dave Ziegler, well, he's going to need or want an extension. What do you think about that? And Ziegler kind of backtracked said, well, we have to meet, we have to see, you know, how do we, how does everyone get along? How does it fit and all that? So I didn't think that was a vote of confidence so much as for Carr. And maybe that's what he has to say. And there's an extension on the, uh, in, in, in the realm here. And and it's going to cost them a lot of money if they extend Derek Carr. What, what did you make of both of their perception of Derek Carr? And if you're a betting man today here today, do you think, which I also do, I I actually think that they already know really what they want to do with him. I can't believe they took this job, not understanding who Derek Carr was and what they felt the future was with him.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, but I don't think there's, there's a final decision made. I don't think that's the case. I think they, they have something in their mind in terms of what he can do for the franchise, what he is. I mean, I think it's pretty clear what Derek Carr is at this point. That's a really, really good quarterback that, probably is not elite, probably is not great, depending on how many people you put in that category. Uh, but he's really, really good. He can be successful in the right situations and you'll have to see it. I, I do think either it's extend him or trade him. I think those are your two choices uh, for this off season. And, and I don't think letting him go into next year with a one-year deal is going to work. And I don't think it would be a wise decision for them. So I think they go into this with an open mind. I think based on, just based on their answers and a little bit of talking around, I, I think what they would say is, If they go into next season with their car as a quarterback under an extension, they're okay with it but they're also very open to what kind of offers come in this offseason and where they can get better. I mean, I think that's what you're looking for is you're, you're look, always looking to get better at every single position. That's, that's what you do in the NFL, uh, in every sport, but in the NFL in particular, it with, you know, no real guaranteed contracts for the most part, you're, you're just trying to get better at every single position every year. And I think if, if they find something, they're open to that. And I think that's why when they were asked about Derek Carr as a player, give a very good answer about how, how good he is and how successful he's been and all those things. And when they were asked about an extension, they said, well, we'll see what happens. So I think that, you know, pretty clearly reading into those, they believe Derek Carr is good but they also don't know if he's warranted uh, giving him extension, especially quarterback money. Now, if you're going to say, Hey, you need to pay him 35 million for the next three years, you're probably not going to want to do that. So I, I think they're going to go into this offseason open-minded, see what they can do, see what they can get for him and uh, make a decision from there. So I, I think that they have their mind made up on what he is, but not necessarily what to do with him.
2: How close do you believe they think they are from being a, a AFC West contender? You and I have talked about, they need a number one receiver, They need uh, help on the offensive line. We have no idea what's going to happen in free agency with someone like Casey Hayward. They might need corner depth. Um, There are places they're very good at tight end. Uh, They're going to lose all their defensive tackles, although they keep their rush ends. I think they like Josh Jacobs uh, as much as I guess you can like a running back in today's NFL. But do you, in listening to those guys the other day, do you believe they think they're close or do you believe that they think there's a lot to do?
1: I think it's tough to say because I, I think that they're, you know, Obviously, you know, from the outside, none of us are general managers. We don't know all the details and the ins and outs, and then there's a reason that you know we're not in that position. Like they, they're good at this; they study this; they they understand it. But I would say, uh, as as someone who observes all of these things very closely, and I don't think fans are going to like this. I'd be tearing this thing down. I would, yeah. and I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't know if they feel that way, um, but I think that you're you're closer you're closer to where you want to be if you tear it down than you are if you try to patchwork it thing patchwork things up right now. Like, as you said, you find a number one receiver, you find, you know, a, another linebacker, you find, a, you know, maybe maybe two uh, really quality corners. I mean, Casey Hayward was good, but he was old. Um, you know, how long does he have to play at that level? So uh, I think you look around and you say, hey, there's all these positions. Would they need to rebuild the offensive line uh, again as well. So I think you look around and there's a lot of work to do on this team. And I think you could patch it together here and there and perhaps make the playoffs again. Right. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. If you want to tell me you can make, especially with the cap room they have the maneuverability they have, you can make a couple of moves and you can make the playoffs again next year. But what is your goal? Is that your goal? Is what like, you could repeat this season next year. No question about it. I think you could absolutely do that, but is that your goal? Is that what you want to do? And I don't think that is, I don't think that's what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler want to do. So I, I think you look around and you say, okay, um, what's our best path to get to where we want to be. And to me, you know, trading, getting more picks out of some of those spots, obviously you're going to have to resign Max Crosby to a massive deal. And I think that's okay to do. Um, I think there's there's some guys you can lock in and, and be foundational pieces for you. I mean, you know, Hunter Renfro, I think is going to thrive in the slot, especially in this administration. We know what McDaniels does with slot receivers. I think there's a couple of pieces you really build around in other areas. You rebuild, you get younger. And then two years from now, when those guys are, are ready to just absolutely perform at the top level, you are, you know, you're bringing in, some really high-level guys to fill in those holes. That's something the Patriots have done for a long time, and I think that's the strategy that would work to me. Uh, I would much prefer to go that route than to try to just patch in a couple of holes here and there and and be competitive next season.
2: So you would rather, and does that include trading Carr? I mean, if you say strip it down, everything always starts with Derek Carr. Um, You're you're saying let's look at everything, and if it means just getting rid of a bunch of guys and kind of suffering for a few years for a long-term Uh, vision. Do you trust these these guys
1: just because of the Patriot way are able to do that? No, but I mean, listen, it's what you have to try to do, right? I mean, what's the other, what's the other alternative to try to, to try to patch it in? Like now, do you trust them to do that? Because if you do, if you try to patch it in, here's the problem with it, because yeah, I think a lot of people would want to do that. Cause a lot of people want to go to the playoffs again. They want to go every year they want to try to do that. But I think you need to build up to that because I think if you if you try to patch it in and it doesn't work now you're now you're three four years down the road from from competing again where if you try to rebuild now I think you can do it in two years I, I think that that's, that's a, a reasonable timeline uh, maybe not to compete for a Super Bowl but to compete for um, you know conference championships and, and that sort of thing and to, and to try to get to that elite level and you saw what the Bengals did the Bengals were doing rebuilding for about four years right now. Uh, but they got their their team to a point where they were ready to go. They got a number one pick. They suffered through a really bad season with him, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Now they're not the best team in the AFC by any stretch of the imagination, but they got themselves there. They won a couple of games, and now they're ready to you know with a couple more years with a rookie contract for a quarterback, which is like gold in the NFL. Uh, you have a chance to compete, and so that's, that's what you want to try to do. Now, ultimately, if you, if you said, Hey, we're going to take feelings out of this and guys are going to do, you know, whatever we want them to do. I actually would keep Carr for a year because his contract is very serviceable. Uh, I'd let him, you know, maybe he carries, a, you know, your rebuilt team to another playoff, berth. that's possible. And maybe then you commit to him long-term uh, but I would keep him around for another year. Uh, even though he's going to be angry, his agent's going to be angry. Um, it's not going to, you know, it's not an ideal situation, uh, you know, off the field, but on the field, you, you know, you let him audition for a season. Maybe he does take you somewhere. Maybe he doesn't, but uh, you, you know, you play him out under that contract that he has. And then uh, probably try to draft somebody next year. You can even draft somebody this year and, and develop them under car. Uh, that would work too. But I, I certainly wouldn't be extending him long-term with a, with a massive deal. And I wouldn't trade him unless I really got something valuable for him.
2: I would not, if I'm him and they do not extend me, I don't show up to training camp.
1: Well, neither do I, but I'm saying That's why I said, you got to take feelings out of it and say, if everybody's just going to agree to do what we want them to do, that's what I would do. Yeah. If I was Derek Carr and and the Raiders implemented the plan I just proposed, I wouldn't show up at training camp either. But that's I mean, that's what you're going to have to try to deal with.
2: If you're the if you're Ziegler beyond Carr, uh, where are you looking first to improve this team? And is it someone like Brandon Cooks, who instead of, you know, trying to go the big splash, although I think uh, Devontae Adams is going to be tagged. uh, Brandon Cooks is probably like an eight million dollar hit on your cap, although you say they have caps. Space. I mean, what's your number one concern if you're Ziggler, if, if, if you don't tear it down, if you say, okay, we're going to have to patch these areas and we think we can make the strong run with this team, would it be number one wide receiver? Uh,
1: I think, yeah, number one receiver, right tackle, and um, and a corner. I mean, those are, those are the areas. And those are obviously very important areas that every team likes to fill. Uh, but that'd be the three spots I would look at. And I think number one, well, here's the thing. It's tough to prioritize because again, I'm not proposing a, you know, plug, plug situation here. I'm not saying get two guys and try to compete next year. Um, I'm, i like, whatever is the, whatever is the best available at those positions for your draft spot, that's where I would look. And then I would try to get, you know, elite guys at those positions and try to fill them in and, and build that way. Um, but if you're, you know, if you are looking and saying, Hey, we want to just do one thing. Yeah, sure. If you get Devonte Adams, that's fine. And I think the Packers will tag Devonte Adams if Rogers stays. If Rogers leaves, I don't think they do. So, you know, we'll see how that kind of plays out. Uh, but if you can get Devontae Adams, yeah. Then all of a sudden that changes your strategy. Uh, and you can say, Hey, with car and Adams, maybe we find one, you know, right tackle somewhere, protect him, let them go to work on offense and try to do whatever we can defensively to, you know, to fill in some holes and, and compete that way. But um, I, I think those are the areas of priority uh, as you're trying to, as you're trying to build up this team. And I think they'll address all of those and um, and we'll see what comes out of it. And we'll, we'll see a lot from, you know, how they handle the draft and how they handle free agency what they think of this team and where they are right now
0: (laughs) would you look at that damn i look good what's up everybody it's me steven money it's football season and i want you to know that you can bet on me the stn sports app so sign up today and get started with me the local favorite You've done
2: a great job all week covering the Pro Bowl. Uh, Pro Bowl is this Sunday in Las Vegas. Um, you a Pro Bowl kid? Uh, 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 growing up, uh, you're, you're a sports kind of football guy, but I was I never kind of embraced the Pro Bowl. I, did, I, I maybe I watched it uh, because it was in Hawaii and uh, I wanted to see what it looked like there. And you know, I watched some of the skills contest. But you've had to uh, you wrote about nine thousand inches on this game, uh, so you're well versed in it. But have you been a pro bowl guy and to talk to the people about what's been going on at the Las Vegas ballpark? I, I actually like the Las Vegas ballpark in terms of what they did with the field. Now they could only get 80 yards the way they went. Uh, if they ever wanted to play another football game there, they could get a hundred if they kind of set it up a different way, but talk to the people uh, about what's happening on a pro bowl. And if you, I mean, is this something you followed as a kid?
1: Well, to answer your first question, um, famously my mom loves to tell the story that the only times I kicked as a baby Uh, when she was pregnant with me was when there were sports on and it literally could be any sport. So yes, I watched the pro bowl growing up, but I also watched Australian rules football at four in the morning. If there was sports on television, I'd be watching it. So I watched it, but I certainly wouldn't put it anywhere near the top of my list of events. It's a cool fan event for sure to be able to see some of your favorite players. And as you mentioned out at uh, Las Vegas ballpark for practices this week and skills competition, it's cool how they set up the field. Cool to to have fans so close to the action uh, where, you know, kids are, screaming the names of players and they're coming over and signing autographs and talking and um, having a good time with fans. So um, all that stuff is very cool. And I think all the events around it are are great. Uh, It would be nice, I think, for the whole city to have this here every year, which I think is a possibility going forward. Uh, It's It's you terrible for thing, us. You want this thing every year? Oh, absolutely not. It's I said, it's terrible for us, oh. but I think it'd be very cool for the fans and cool for the city uh, to have this every year. And I think it's the, for the players. They love it. Uh, they love having the pro bowl here and coming to Vegas and, and having a good time the week between the game and the super bowl. Imagine, you know, two years from now, you could have the pro bowl and the super bowl here back to oh. back. Special um, sections left and right. Well, we're doing that anyway. So what would it matter? Oh. Uh But yeah, I, I think, I mean, listen, I think it's a cool event. It's not necessarily for, hardcore fans. I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast are pretty hardcore football fans. Um, They're probably excited to see the Raiders in the, in the pro bowl. And I think that's very cool too. I mean, listen, AJ Cole is eating this up. He loves it. The punter for the Raiders. He's he's actually tremendous. He's, I wish we talked to punters more. I've been accused of having an obsession with AJ Cole, uh, because I just want to quote him every single week, but he's funny and he's a great quote and he's interesting and entertaining. And, um, and he's taking advantage of this week out of being in the spotlight for sure. Like, those are kind of cool things that see Dion Dawkins from the bills. I've never seen somebody have so much fun uh, at any sporting event. So, I mean, that guy's eating this up too. Like there's certain guys that just love this and, and the fans can tell and they get involved and then they get excited. But yeah, I think if you're a hardcore football fan, this week is probably not for you, but if you're a kid or a casual fan or somebody that just appreciates. You you know to watch greatness like this is right up your alley this is a fun event if there's by, one- by the way let me let me add this ed before you go on um if you think the pro bowl is dumb and you think it's an obnoxious event and people shouldn't watch it and who cares then don't watch it and yeah, shut up watch.
2: well I, I totally agree with that i i everyone who bashes it i, I want to say the same thing i'm like then you know what turn the channel and watch the uh you know the uh, shopping network or something I mean, go watch anything else. Why are you always bagging it? It's easy to bag on. I get. Do they play hard? Do everyone does everyone come? Then don't watch it. I, I don't. I don't get people who have you know, nine thousand other channels and things they could be doing ripping the Pro Bowl. Why does it? Why does it affect people personally? I've never understood stuff like that.
1: It, it drives me absolutely nuts. It, it, it's so infuriating, so frustrating. Again, is it my favorite event? No. Do I, like, if you told me it was going away, would I care? No. no. I, I, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. It's fine. But I also, it's not, It's it doesn't bother me. Why are people bothered? Why are you bothered by the Pro bowl?
2: They're very negative people out there. It's not like you and I. They're very, very <laughs> negative. Ed,
1: listen, we're the most negative people there are. I I can't imagine being more negative than me. But at the same time, like, it's fine. Just, you know what, on Sunday, go to the park with your family or or go to lunch or something. Have brunch on Sunday. And and just stop complaining about the Pro Bowl. Uh,
2: If there's one skill in the skills contest that you can win or at least compete in, what would it be?
1: Of the one they actually did? The the football contest they did? The football skills contest. or I'll give you
2: this because we are, I know this is a football podcast, but it's also the NHL all-star game in town this week, Uh, uh, which I actually, I'm sorry. I think the NHL all-star skills is by far the best. I don't think it's any close to anyone else. Uh, Name one skill that is happening this week in Vegas that you believe you could actually compete in. Okay. So. Now you have to skate. You you know, you have to skate if you're in the hockey, you got to put skates. Yeah
1: that's why I'm not going to be able to do any hockey ones. I got to stick with football. The first, before I answer the question, I'm going to point out that the best catch competition at the NFL pro bowl will be the most popular event in any skills competition in about five years. It's incredible. Now it wasn't great this year. Cause I don't think guys understood. I don't think they knew what they were supposed to do. Um, as the kids would say, they didn't understand the assignment. Uh, but it is going to be awesome. There's so many things that can happen. It's basically a slam dunk contest for NFL wide receivers where they get to like go off trampolines or or do somersaults or whatever they want to do and then make a catch and they can get creative. They can use cameos, all that stuff. It's going to be awesome, but players just didn't understand what that was about this year. So it wasn't as good as it's going to be in the future. So I'll, I'll I'll point that out. Uh, Obviously I would, that would not be a contest. I think I could do well in I'm going to say, do I have to do it today or can I do it at any time?
2: You can have a year to get, you can have a year to get
1: sharp next Mm. year it's not even about being sharp. I think I mentioned this to you the other day. I jacked up my shoulder like eight months ago (laughs) and it's not like, it's not, it doesn't affect my everyday life. I'm fine. Like walking around or whatever, but I picked up a ball and went to throw it the other day when we were out at the practice and Uh. immediately I I just like, Oh God, I guess it's the cost of getting old, but I definitely messed up my shoulder. I should probably have it checked out at some point. Um, Although I don't know when I'm going to need to throw a ball competitively uh, except for this competition. So if we're going to do this competition, I'm going to go get surgery on my shoulder. Okay. Uh, I'll get that fixed. And then I think I could do the accuracy passing competition where you just have now, to
2: get certain targets.
1: Yeah. And they're moving. Like I can, I, I have a pretty good arm. Okay. So I think I could do that. I think I could pull it off. Um, maybe even that thread, the needle one, that was pretty cool. I think I could do that. Explain, um, the thre- explain the thread to needle. So there was like uh basically like a wall and it had a bunch of holes in the wall and there's a defender in front of it. And you as a quarterback have to try to throw it into the holes and the defender gets to try to block it. Oh, okay. All right. So, so you, essentially you, you look away, like you, you know, you head fake and look the one direction, throw it back the other. I think I can do that one. So any of the throwing competitions, I think I'd be all right. in if, if I get the shoulder fixed. which if you tell me I have to do this next year, there's going to be like a media competition. I will get my shoulder surgery. That's the only reason I'm oh,
2: media competition. How about us out there? What a disaster that would be. Just complete disaster. Old, you, out of shape. You
1: against you against our
2: producer Larry in a forty. 40- well, Larry would kill people. He just kids in shape. This Larry Mir, still <laughs> he's still fighting people for God's sake. <laughs> it, it, there's no way I I, I deal we, we deal with Larry Mir. There should be a bunch of lunatics out there, out of shape. Oh man, I I all right. The one I would want to do, the one I would want to do is the new one in the NHL where you're taking out a boat at the Bellagio, and you have to shoot pucks. I think at targets. Because I don't think you need skates in that sense. We're gonna oh, see okay. it. We're gonna see it tonight's Friday. Tonight's a, uh, um, Friday. We're uh, taping this on Friday. We're gonna see it tonight, and actually very soon on the TV. But I can't believe they needed skates to be on the Bellagio fountains. So no. that might. So you're, be-
1: you're just ripping slap shots, but from like a boat with no skates on. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think we could both do that as long as there's no skates involved. I mean, yeah, I think I could would be, do that. Oh, it'd be. T- you imagine us you know how they run out at the beginning of the vegas Gold knights game and those guys can just run onto the ice you imagine the concussion i would get if i tried to run onto ice
1: slipping on my head i would never even think about doing that
2: oh no i couldn't that would be a complete nightmare uh and then basketball skills i've seen you shoot I think you'd be in the three-point contest. Neither of us would be in the dunking contest, thank God. But I think you might be able to. I think you might be able to handle the three-point contest.
1: Oh yeah, you said the events in Vegas. The three-point contest is the first one I'm entering.
2: Oh, of all the contests.
1: Yeah, no question. That's the first one. That'd be. I mean, uh, not only listen, I'm not competing with the NBA players, but like if we're doing a media one or like average people, yeah, I like my chances.
2: All right. Well, I'll give you the three-point contest, and I'll give me the Bellagio skates. I guess Mark Stone, the uh, Golden Knight, we asked him today. He said uh, it was really fun. You know they had taped it earlier, but uh, DeBoer said he might not have done that well. So we're gonna have to watch that and see what what, what uh, Stone said did out on the Bellagio. DeBoer giving secrets away. That Pete DeBoer, the Vegas Golden Knights coach, giving away secrets that his captain might not have fared very well. Uh, had you and done, I, had
1: to have done better than Hunter Renfro.
2: Oh, Renfro in the in the catching was he was he terrible?
1: The passing. He did the passing. Why they have a one, they have one non quarterback in each league. It was Hunter Renfro against Justin Jefferson. They were both complete disasters.
2: That's not good. But Hunter Renfro was a high school quarterback, I thought. Well, it was very windy. Oh, okay, all right. Well, you and I are off to the Super Bowl on Monday, so hopefully uh, next week we can update everyone on what's happening in Los Angeles with the Bengals and Rams. That'll be a fun week. Benny Bonsignore, Heidi uh, Fang, they'll all join us in L.A. For now, though, that's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct with the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. Remember, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, podcast spotify or any podcasting app find all our coverage and more at vegasnation.com for our producer the in shape larry mirror and my co-host adam hill we're both the out of shape toasts but we'll talk to you next week
0: <laughs> would you look at that damn i look good what's up everybody it's me steven money It's football season and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.